The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Connor Livesy, joined by my co-host tonight, Dalton Miller, Cole Patterson, not with us. And one day we will all three be on this podcast together again, maybe. Um, the odds are not high, but uh, you might want to bet on them. But the Cowboys are one and one. They got a they got a win in Los Angeles against the Chargers. We're gonna give a few thoughts on that game and then talk about how the safeties of the Dallas Cowboys might finally not be awful. But before we get started, Dalton, how you doing? I am fantastic. How are you doing? I mean, obviously the Cowboys won. Everybody's great. I love, personally, that the safety position is somewhat stable for the first time in my entire lifetime. And I know your entire lifetime because you're younger than me, Connor. Uh, so I am doing fantastic. I just need everybody to get back healthy. I need this offense to start scoring points again. But I do like one other thing. Connor Williams, and I think that we might need to talk about it because he was very, very good on Sunday. Yeah, I think Connor Williams is very good 69% of the time. Nice. Uh, I think fan that he's one of those guys that fans love to hate for some reason because he sure. gets, gets blown up maybe once a game and they see the clip on Twitter and then – Crush him for. Well, listen, when you're going against Fletcher Cox twice a year, that'll happen. Yeah. Um, but I like Connor Williams a lot. And for me, you know, a lot of people call me negative on Twitter, and maybe I am negative. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, but listen, I, I went on uh, about the them Cowboys. Is it about them Cowboys? Uh, the athletic podcast with uh, KT and John, mm-hmm. the father, Mashoda, and bunch of other people and uh now i forget what my story was about what are we just talking about real right me right being there? negative <laughs> yes and so we did this whole podcast and we were like yeah we won we were trying to like be realistic like hey like the defense really wasn't that good even though they only gave up 17 points and we were going through all this and then everybody just was talking about how negative we were on twitter and i couldn't understand why because i didn't think that we were all that negative 
but apparently they thought we were. I'm trying to change. But then I see some people on Twitter. Joey Ikes is one of them. I love Joey. Joey and who else am I thinking? Landon and who else? Bobby a a lot of the time. Very, very hopeful, energetic, optimistic Cowboys fans. And sometimes their optimism can annoy the living crap out of me. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't, but I'm sitting here like I've lived 25 years of my life in horror. I don't remember when they were good. So (laughs) I do tend to lean pessimistic when it comes to my Dallas Cowboys. It's just the way that it goes. Yeah, and, like, I'm fine with being optimistic about things that are worth being optimistic about. But, like, we can't be optimistic about a fourth and 20 blocked punt call that I mean, that's there's no optim. I, I mean, I, I I'm not gonna. I don't I don't care about that one. I just I that those I've gotten to the point where I'm busy enough where I can't have those arguments on Twitter anymore. Right, right, right. And so right, for right. like, but 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 like, what I'm saying is but for the me, like, so process behind me, it, we can't be like, oh, you know, like I guess that like what you said is what I I agree with is it's like. There's things on Twitter where they're like, well, if Cedric Wilson does this or, or if Noah Brown does this, that works. And it's like, yeah, but obviously those players aren't smart enough to execute those things. So if you keep making that same mistake over and over again, the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. And we're not getting different results. So we have to then change the thought process behind it. Yeah, I, I will point out, and, and Joey has tweeted this, um, that the Cowboys were seventh in DVOA last year in special teams. So I expect them to turn it around. I have already talked about my, my displeasure in all of the special team stuff, whether it be the the, the roughing the, the punter um, or whether it be any of the other late game decisions that we have screwed up as, a da- as the Dallas Cowboys. And we not going to get into Mike McCarthy there, but come on, guys. Um, what upset me was how they handled the kicking situation in the, in the off season. Cause Greg Zerline was obviously not healthy. He might still not be 100%. So to not even bring anybody in just in case his back flares up and he can't play like just in case, like have somebody around, have somebody, have somebody's cell phone number to, to be able to call, to bring them in, to be able to kick if they need to. And, and I feel like they did not do that. That's the only issue that I have. I don't have yeah. any issues well, elsewhere because I, I just can't worry about it. Well, so, since it was slightly brought up, I guess my biggest issues with we'll, – we'll get into the safeties here in a second. We might get into some more of the, the things we saw from this game. But I guess my biggest issue with the coaching through two weeks is the inconsistencies of it. Like we – we – like week one, there was multiple fourth downs. There was multiple situations where we felt like they should have went for it. The numbers said they should have went for it, and they either one kicked the field goal or two punted or whatever. There was multiple situations in week one where they should have. The numbers suggest that you should have gone for it on fourth down, and they didn't. And I feel like that was a common theme in 2022, where it was just inconsistent. They went 2020. for it. 2020. 2020, excuse me. Um, but there was a common theme in 2020 where they went for it a lot, but there were situations where they should have went for it even more than they did. And they would punt or they'd kick the field goal. And it was just like, are you just winging in a prayer in it? Like, where's the thought process behind it? I feel like that's kind of where we're at in 2021 now too, where week one, 
they were like 0 for 3 on go for it situations. And then in week two, they went forward on fourth down. It's just like there's no consistency behind it. And that makes me wonder if there is a plan in place to know when to go for it, when not to, or if it's just Mike McCarthy with his free PFF account being like, oh, let's do it, let's not. I think that it is – I think that they look at the numbers. I think that they take into account the numbers. But I think football coaches a lot of the times also go back to how their gut is feeling about a certain situation. And I think that you know maybe they don't go for it in week one because they don't have Zach Martin. They're not sure how that line's going to hold up on a fourth and five. Or if they're going to be able to generate a push enough to get two yards on a fourth and two. You know what I mean? So maybe it is going off of the numbers, but also thinking about the the situation that you're in currently and how you're feeling about your football team at the time. So I, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think for the most part, they're going to tend to lean aggressive. Like that that is going to be their default is going to be aggressive and we're going to have to just take the good with the bad. It's like I was talking, you know, right after it happened, I was t- tweeting about it live, the swing, uh, the swinging gate or the swinging door formation uh, with the little screen pass there. First time it worked, everyone's like, Oh, that was a cool little wrinkle. And then when we got, you know, a little bit further down the field, and if you have a gripe about where they were doing it on the, in a field position situation, if you don't want to run trick plays, you know, inside the 40, then that's a different story. But a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't like that. I didn't think that they should have done that. Well, you, we right. can't have our cake and eat it too. Right. You, you have to either be with going for it and being aggressive in these right. situations Absolutely. or you have to be against it. Right. Right. And I, I totally agree. Like I said, it's it's the inconsistencies of the process that I'm griping about. Not not they should have went for it here, should have went for it there. For me, it's it's – I see you talking, but I don't hear you because you're muted. Oh, that's my bad. I forgot that my <laughs> video was on. I apologize for that. We're good. We... I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to talk. You're good. Oh. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. So for me, like, it's not – I'm with you. Like, you have to be one way or the other. You can't sit in the middle with that. And and, and I'm 100% all for being aggressive on fourth down. I just don't feel like – the coaching staff is i think it's like like you said it might be a situation where it's oh you know we don't have zach martin today we don't feel like we can run it for two yards but i guess for me it would then go back to well you didn't have lyle collins and you had terrence Steele against joey bosa who's a great run defender great pass rusher like you went forward on the fourth down um early in the game which threw an incomplete pass but got the pass interference on amari cooper so it's all good and well, and then you went for it later again where they throw the comeback to Amari Cooper and they didn't get the DPI, which should have been – they should have gotten – they should have converted on both of those fourth downs, in my opinion, with two pass interference calls. They only got one of them. But I don't – when I'm on the Blogging the Boys Twitter account and I'm tweeting there, like the thing I try to do is when they do go – when they do line up to go for it on fourth down, I try to tweet before the play's made – you know, even if they don't get this, this is the right decision. So like yeah. that's kind of what I try to do before the play's made because it's you don't want to have that hindsight. You don't want to have that hindsight twenty twenty where you wait for the play to happen and then complain about it, or you wait for the play to happen and then cheer it on. So I try to like put those tweets out before it happens. That way, people can't you know say we're flipping flopping or can't say we're having that hindsight twenty twenty um, on it. So 
But um, is there anything else in that game that you want to talk about before we move on to this uh, safety group? No, I mean, I, I think it's it's been talked about enough now. But Micah Parsons was fantastic. I just wanted to bring that up, so I'm on the record of saying it. Um, I wrote about it, so if you guys want to know more of my thoughts, you guys can go check that out. But, yeah. Okay, I just, like, like you I said just earlier, I, mean, I thought he was fantastic. And I, the, the, my, So my favorite thing about it, that something that I will say about it, is I felt like them getting him away from Slater after yeah. the first couple of reps that he played against him. I think that that was really, really smart because they took him over to the backup that was terrible, and he dominated over there. So I thought that was good. And I wanted to bring up, just because I don't see him mentioned enough, is I liked maybe, you know, obviously wasn't on Michael Parsons' level, but, like, I liked what I saw from Bradley and I and the limited snaps he got. You know, he had two pass rush wins I saw against Rashawn Slater, um, did some nice work over there. Again, it, it wasn't a flashy day for him, but he won on two uh, two pass rush reps against Rashawn Slater. Um, one, um, I'm not sure if they're going to register it as a pressure or hurry or not, but he, he got some pressure on uh, Justin Herbert, who had kind of started moving uh, out of the pocket before Anai even won, but then he kind of hunted him down a little bit later on in the play. So I like what we saw from Anai. Uh, I thought Armstrong played pretty well. Um, you know, it wasn't a ton of pressure in Herbert's face all day, and a lot of it was from Michael Parsons and Osa Digizuwa. But I thought the reserve defensive ends played relatively well. Um, I thought the defense as a whole played relatively well, and if they're going to keep getting turnovers at the rate they are, then you know I think this this team's got a chance to do a lot of good things, um, get in the playoffs and do Ose something. This is awesome. Yeah, this is really good. He's he's really surprised me so far this year. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely agree. Um. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year, at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Some others that have surprised us were these safeties, and I think that's where we're going to go next. Um, With Donovan Wilson out, I'm sure everybody was a little concerned of what that safety group would look like. You know, you got... Malik Hooker making his debut, but he's not a strong safety. DeMonte Kazee's not a strong safety, so you're lining up pretty much two free safeties um, to, to to play that role. Uh, but Jaron Curse has stepped up big, had a huge game. Um, I thought he uh, he was probably the best safety on the field, in my opinion, but that's not to knock DeMonte Kazee because I thought he was really good too, had a really big turnover late in the game that pretty much set the Cowboys up for the win. But um, 
What did, what did you think of this safety group? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about week one with Donovan Wilson, and then what did you maybe see in week two that uh, made you feel a little bit better about this group or a little bit worse, whatever it is? Jaron Curse can play a little bit. Like, yeah. for real, he he really flashed me during the game, and I, I haven't watched how he performed uh, in depth. I, I kind of just watched the defense for Micah. Um, but, man, like, I, uh, I, I really liked what I saw from him flying around trying to go after the football Jaron Curse was. He made a really nice play um, on a, a play that Justin Herbert was pressured on, and he drove on the ball and almost had a really nice diving pick. He, he probably should have caught it. Um, he, he had a chance at it and didn't quite make the play, but love to see him flying around. It's just nice to have guys that are serviceable back there for once. Um, and, and they're moving guys around. They're, they're running a lot more quarters coverage than I thought they would as well. So I, I like that they're mixing things up, but they're keeping their quarters coverage simple. Not like Mike Nolan was last year where he was trying to do too much and read from five to seven. Um, and do a lot of the, the more complex things when it comes to quarters. They're, they're keeping it a lot more basic. And I think it's working. I think mixing things up pre and post snap a little bit is working. Um, the, the defense is still not good. Um, and I think that just kind of comes from we watch them play two good offenses. And even though they only give up 17 points, they the, the, the Chargers were able to move the football, untimely penalties kind of hurt their offense overall uh but it is better than i expected it to be and i do acknowledge that they went up against two really good offenses in tom brady and the tampa Bay buccaneers offense and now the the chargers so i uh i, I do really respect what they've been able to accomplish so far yeah no i, I totally agree um i mean i think i think what we saw from jaron curse last week um, should give him some more snaps, and that's not saying to start him over Donovan Wilson because I think Wilson has shown the ability to be a playmaker as well, to force fumbles, to be a force against the run, to be a good blitzer and all that. But, I mean, Jaron Curse kind of did all the things we like from Donovan Wilson. He, you know, he had some pressures on some blitzes. He showed up in coverage more than we've ever seen Donovan Wilson um, and then he was good against the run too. He had some good run fills and, and made some plays um, against the run. So, I mean, I thought we saw, I thought we saw probably the most, the most complete game from the safeties that, like you said, we've seen in a long time with Demonte Kazee playing in coverage, um, having the interception in the end zone to really give the Cowboys a chance to win that game. Um, you know, Jamal last Curse's pass interference was bold. Oh yeah, too. that was one thousand percent. You know, I like almost, I almost accidentally cursed there. It would have been okay, but well, yeah, I, I try not to. This is a <laughs> professional setting. I'm not really trying to curse all that much, but uh, yeah, it was BS. That, that yeah, was a BS absolutely. call. And, and and for me, it's not even that it was BS. If you want to call that, that's fine. Call the call other one on Amari. And, yep. and, and 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 this isn't just a the refs were bad against the Cowboys thing because. They weren't bad. <laughs> they were they, they 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 weren't bad just against the Cowboys. They were just bad yeah. in general. And they really and, they really screwed the Chargers a couple of I times was, in that game. I was gonna say they definitely hurt the Chargers more than the Cowboys in that game. Really the DPI against Amari was probably the biggest call that I saw, and they might have missed a few holdings against the Cowboys defense, but I mean the Chargers Chargers fans gotta be hot right now. It's kinda like what we were like last week when 
we feel like the the OPI should have been called against Chris Godwin and it didn't get called. Like there's a lot of that stuff that happened with the with the Chargers that if if you're a Chargers fan, you got to be a little disappointed in the way that game was officiated. But you just got to understand that that's going to happen three four times a year with how bad these officials are. Um, what'd you see from Malik Hooker? Because he had the big. He had the big run fill uh, for the tackle for loss, which is something we haven't seen from Hooker a lot uh, throughout his career. Um, but he also showed up in coverage a little bit. I, he didn't have a PBU, and he didn't. Um, Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Do we do do we have Cole Patterson in the house right now? Cole, if you're in the house, can you please unmute your microphone, sir? Wait, is he really? Yeah. Oh my yeah, god, I'm, I'm here. How are y'all? Sorry, I'm late. I'm hey, that. it's all good. It's all good. No problem. Let's talk how about did, these things. How did you know Cole's in here? Because he's not popping up on my thing. <laughs> he's up at the top right. I, I oh. saw him. I said y'all finish y'all's take. I didn't want to uh, interrupt about the uh, safeties and uh, Yeah, penalty. no, I saw, no, I, saw that, I, I saw that Cole popped on, so I figured I'd give him the opportunity go. to talk about Malik Hooker a little Cole, bit. I was well, Cole, let's get, your, <laughs> let's get your thoughts on, on uh, J-Ron Curse and DeMonte Kazee, and then we'll all talk about Malik Hooker a little bit. Yeah, no, I caught the end of what you guys are saying. I really can't agree more. Um, I think the safety has really played well on Sunday, especially Curse. I think he caught everybody's eye. Um, I heard you all mention the uh, bogus pass interference penalty. But, man, he was all over the field, and that's something we haven't really seen from the safety position with the Cowboys in a while now. And, um, you know, especially with Donovan Wilson, I wasn't sure what to expect from the unit um, going into Sunday um, against Justin Herbert. Gets a pretty good uh, passing attack. So, uh, Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker, um, really, yeah, KZ, all, all the guys really caught my eye. They made some big plays, obviously, with KZ and with the interception in the end zone. Um, it was really uh, refreshing to see defensive backs not only come away with takeaways, but just, you know, make plays all over the field. And I think that has to, you know, provide some confidence, some optimism, all that kind of stuff, you know, moving forward uh, throughout the season. All right, let's move on to uh, Malik Hooker. And Cole, since you're, since you're joining us late and you didn't get a whole lot of touch on some of the stuff we talked on before, I'm going to let you start on Malik Hooker, too. What did you see from Hooker? And uh, I mean, again, like there's a really good chance that you're going to see, I think, you know, for from now on, you'll probably see Malik Hooker, J. Ron Curse, uh, Donovan Wilson, and Demonte Kazee all, all get the active uh, game day call up and probably get, you know, a lot of playing time. So what did you see from Hooker? And Maybe touch on a little bit of how you see these guys working into game time and playing time for the rest of the year going forward. Yeah, um, I wasn't too sure what to expect from Hooker just because, you know, he's a guy that struggled with injuries. Um, we haven't really seen much of him during the preseason. Um, it took him a while to get involved in training camp when the Cowboys signed a little bit late, um, things like that. So I wasn't sure what to expect with him. Like I said, with the safeties as a whole without Donovan Wilson, um, wasn't really too confident in the position but yeah Malik Hooker I thought played really well on Sunday he made some plays um you know in run support that really caught my eye he was able to fill the gap he was um able to make some plays in the backfield against um a good rushing attack you know the Chargers are good offensively all the, all around they can hurt you through the air they can hurt you on the ground and Hooker's a guy that I think really uh stepped up in a big way he they like to play him down near the box. Um, you know, he's kind of a guy that's a little bit known for his interception um, ability, his ability in coverage. But they were playing him near the box a lot, which I thought was interesting. Um, and 
I wonder how they're going to use him and Donovan Wilson together when Wilson is back, just because Wilson seems to be better in that same kind of role. You know, uh, he's better downhill than he is necessarily in coverage. But I think Wake Hooker playing well on Sunday has to give you confidence as a Cowboys fan, has to give you confidence if you're Dan Quinn as well, because right now it looks like you have a trio, say, really four safeties. Um, Kazee obviously in there as well with Kears, um, that you can rely on and make some plays. They may not be, you know, the big elite safety that we've been begging for for a while, but I came away impressed with Malik Hooker. I don't mean to, you know, keep, keep rambling on, but from what he did on Sunday, I think I think it's a good sign moving forward. Um, so I say, I mean, he's a guy that's been hurt and stuff, so him being able to make some plays, him being involved in the run game, and just making an, a positive impact on this defense, it was really encouraging to see. Dalton, what are the odds that we can turn Donovan Wilson into our version of the Jamal Adams DPR? <laughs> no, that's what Micah is. Yeah, what if we have what if we have two, two, two different guys? No, how about because tr- how about the, we the just only, have the, what 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 if we just have Donovan Wilson play safety and every once in a while blitz because this whole every once in a while blitzing thing for Donovan Wilson seems to go pretty well. So let's just keep yeah. it every once in a while. Have him get a sack every you know five or six games. Have it be big. He'll probably force a fumble and just be generally awesome. We don't need to turn him into a designated pass rusher. He's not Jamal Adams. That's Micah Parsons. But what if I tell you that J-Ron Curse is better than Donovan Wilson? Um, I bet you better say that to a Texas A&M Aggie's face. I will, because <laughs> I think I mean Do you I'm, really. I mean, we've only seen J-Ron Curse for very, very little amount of time now. I agree. are you call are you calling your shot right now on J-Ron Curse? I think I am. Being better than Dono. Bold. I am. That is bold, my friend. I'm glad that we've I am glad that we have that. J. Ron Curse made more plays in coverage yesterday than Donovan Wilson's made in his entire career. He did look really impressive. All right. Well, now you're gonna make me go back and watch just <laughs> J. Ron Curse tape now. Thanks, Connor. It's not like I'm not busy enough. I cover thirty two NFL teams. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see how it progresses because I think if if you get if you get 16 games of that Jaron Curse, you're like trying to extend them by the end of the year and bring him back. And there's know. a time I think we talked about on this podcast, so we weren't 100 sure if he made the roster, if he was going to make the roster or not. I think we all thought he should or whatever, but there was some question, at least from some people, um, towards that 53 man roster cut. So um, I, I don't think. The Cowboys is necessarily saw Sunday coming either. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I 100% agree. I think towards the end of preseason, we saw him. You know, we saw the writing on the wall a little bit that he'd probably be, play a bigger role than we thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, through training camp, like he wasn't being talked about. It was Kazi and shoot, we were talking about how the safeties didn't look good. You know, we were yeah. talking about how how weak they looked, and that looks like it's the strength of your defense right now. Oh, so how do, I apologize if you already touched on it, but how do you use all four of the safeties when Wilson comes back? Who, who's the odd man out, or do, do, do they find a well, role that, for all that, four guys? That was my question there for Dalton. Is it's like, is there a way that you can? Because they did play some three safety sets on um, yeah. 
Sunday. So it's like, is there ways that you can get Hooker, Kazee, and you know, uh, curse on the field and then have yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wilson you be argue. your Jamal Adams? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and listen, your your corners are kind of bad, so you might as well take them I off know. the field anyways. Run some, run some big nickel. Have three safeties on the field at the same time. Have you know Kazee, Hooker, and Dono in on you know passing downs, but heavier sets. Like if you're if the defense is in twelve personnel, you can and it's like third and seven for whatever reason. Then you go big nickel instead of going base and, and have cursed on one of those tight ends. And that's kind of how you would do things. You, you can mix and match the personnel around and you can bring guys in and out depending on the situation as well. You don't just have to say, hey, you're my starting strong safety. You're my starting free safety. And that's how we're going to do things. No, no, no. You can move these guys in and out, move well, them around. Um, and I think that that's going to kind of be how they how they do it because they're all kind of at the same right. level. Well, we're we're used to them having Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath, and like yeah. behind them was nothing. So it's like, for the first time, and like we keep saying, for the first time, it what seems like forever, you got three or four guys and kind of interchange, and you're not going to miss a beat. Where if, I mean, even though we're not trying to sit here and call Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath Hall of Famers, like if you were putting Darian Thompson on the field, it was getting ugly. Um, so you now got your hookers or your curses or whatever it is like you can interchange those guys in and out and it's really not going to kill you and i mean i just like that they have two what we call strong safeties that are probably more of your i don't know i mean like that's what i thought curse was but then he comes out and he makes some really nice plays in coverage so i mean curse might be your do it all type of guy and then you know hooker and kazir you're going to be your freeze and they'll be playing that center field role and and go get you know go get the football like kazir's shown the last two weeks and Donovan can be your run defending, come forward with with some some force behind it, and be your be your blitzer and all that. So I mean, they kind of got like I said, four interchangeable safeties that all do similar yet different things, and that that's kind of why I think this unit's playing so well because they can kind of what Brent Urban told me and Cole a couple weeks ago is like some other guys on the different levels of the defense are just so interchangeable and they can disguise things and they can match up with guys so well. And that's kind of what it's showing to be through two weeks. Y'all got anything else? No, I mean, I don't think so. I, I'm excited. They, they go on a, a little run of games that I don't think they're going to have to worry too much about, about from a, how about just real quick, better than them standpoint. Who? The Panthers are going to be three and zero when they play the Panthers in Week yes, Four. Yes, they will be. <laughs> and the who, Cowboys. Who, are, and the Cowboys. Who had that coming? Who had that coming? No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have. I didn't have the Panthers beating the Saints. Yeah, I, mean, I had them winning Week One. The shit out of the Saints, though. Yeah, they they beat them down, man. Yeah. it was it was an ugly, ugly game from that Saints offense. It really made was. Jameis looked terrible that, a week well, after. The, I think Jameis made himself look terrible. The but Panthers no, I mean, that, defense that Panthers looks. Defense, I mean, look at Gross. look at their past. Look at their past two drafts. They they've spent all yeah. of their assets on the defensive side uh-huh. of the ball. Brian Burns is one of the most underrated. Brian Burns in is outstanding. Derek mm-hmm. Brown is great. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, they have um, what's his name? Small Dante school Jackson, safety. Uh, Small Jeremy school Chin. Yeah, Jeremy Chin. Chin. Mm-hmm. If they start losing football games like I thought they were this season, they might have Kyle Hamilton and Jeremy Chin next year. It's That'd just, dude, something. it could get crazy, bro. Now yeah. they get to play Davis Mills on Thursday Night Football. 
Yep, that's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Can't wait to to schedule dinner plans for Thursday. (laughs) Won't be watching that one. Guess who's gonna be working it? This guy. Not me. Uh, uh, yeah, I work all the games because I update power rankings after every game. Mm-hmm. There you go. Maybe it'll be entertaining, man. <laughs> we'll find out. Oh, real quick, for we can we just talk about my fantasy football team for a second? Absolutely. Get the yeah. get the hell out of here. No, we we're not going to talk about fantasy from football. Can you <laughs> on a Cowboys shit. podcast? Connor, I promise you, nobody cares. I had like Connor, a six nobody cares. Connor, to win Connor, 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 listen, listen. And I didn't see your tweet. End the podcast. End the podcast. We're going to get a bad review off of this. End the podcast. End the podcast. We're going to get a negative review because you're talking about your stupid fantasy team. Nobody cares. I cannot overstate that. Nobody cares. Four touchdowns. Stop it. End the podcast. I love you guys. If I have to end the podcast, I will. Aaron Jones scored four touchdowns. I watched it. I updated the power rankings. I know. All right, we're done. Thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, I had to get that in there. I guess leave us a negative review because... No, don't leave us. You're not supposed to tell people to leave negative reviews, Connor. What are you doing? Please oh let God. me know in the comments section who your favorite fantasy football player is on my fantasy football team. And it's your only hint is I have Aaron Jones, and he scored four touchdowns last night on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. So, yeah, just do that. And we're talking star, and we'll see you guys next week.